Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. CJ Stroud, are expectations too low for the number two overall pick? The Texans defense has regressed. We're going to talk about that more when we recap the Dolphins game. And then we'll do a preview for kind of what I'd like to see and what to expect from the matchup with the Saints this coming week. This is Texans Take with James Roy. I'm James Roy. Let's get started. Before we get started, if you like what you're seeing, hearing, or whatever it is you're doing to receive this content, um, like, comment, subscribe, and let me know that you love it, or let me know what I could be doing better. Now, let's really get started. Whether you're the national media, a Texans fan, or really just anyone who talks about football, when you think of the Texans, you probably think of C.J. Stroud. He's been a topic of discussion ever since he was picked by the Texans, and even just before that. Um, and so it's no surprise that right now one of the hot topics on Texans Twitter is, are the expectations too low for C.J. Stroud? We've seen C.J. progress through the offseason in a quarterback competition. I'll put my air quotes around that, um, where he has split first team reps early in the offseason with Davis Mills and then eventually taken over all of the first team reps, even through some rough days in training camp. We've seen him start a preseason game, throw four passes and the collective NFL lexicon of people that talk about the NFL showed how little or much they knew about football by either over or under or properly reacting to the fact that CJ Stroud threw four passes. Um, you know, he looked unsettled. I mean, I, I was one of the ones who, you know, I'm being a realist. He didn't look his best, but it was a very small sample size. And then we got, you know, CJ in joint practice with the dolphins. And then you have the game against the dolphins where he goes seven of 12 for 60 yards First drive still looks about the same as the first game, but the second drive of the game goes five for six for 52 yards and really shows a lot of poise. 
and kind of you know looks a lot more like a QB that's ready to play in the NFL. Now, I'll say the reason why a lot of people think it's an overreaction to get excited about that is is because as the number two overall pick, and I've, and I've seen this logic used, he's the number two overall pick. He should be lighting the league on fire. This is a really low bar to set. You know, it's not impressive. I have a couple things to say on that. I would say personally that what I was looking for from CJ Stroud in game two was mainly centered around his demeanor in the pocket. And so if you're stat watching, yeah, sure. Seven of 12 is unimpressive for 60 yards. Yeah, sure. If we're looking even isolated one drive, you know, five of six for 52 yards is really impressive, but the drive didn't end in a touchdown, right? So we're if we're looking at the stat sheet, we're not getting the whole picture and we're kind of disappointed, right? If we're watching the film, um, you could say that maybe he only had a couple good passes. I personally, um, watching those seven completions and even just, you know, watching all of his dropbacks, he looked poised. He looked like he was comfortable in the pocket. And I, I spoke on this last week. I think a lot of that has to do with the first team offensive line being out there with the interior O-line handling themselves at least decently well. And so you can look at it and you go, yeah, it wasn't a statistically impressive day, but in the preseason with the sample size that we got, I, I don't know if I was necessarily looking for a statistically impressive day. It would have been nice for him to throw a touchdown or something, right? Like as a fan, I want to see that. But as someone who's analyzing his ability to play quarterback, he is calm, composed. He's an entirely different quarterback than he was week one. Week one, he looked shaky. He looked like he wasn't comfortable in the pocket for good reason, because the pocket is a term that I use loosely. It wasn't really in existence against the Patriots for CJ Stroud on the few dropbacks that he got to see him get a chance to get an extensive amount of dropbacks and play a whole half and function in the offense. Obviously, like I said, it was rough at first, but I got what I needed to be impressed. So I, I can see why some people maybe didn't, but personally, I don't feel like I'm, you know, setting the bar too low. I feel like he's progressing um, against the Saints. If he gets more extensive play, I would expect to see another step forward. Um, I, and, and I've said this on Twitter, I'll say it here. I think that the, the deeper question that you ask yourself when you decide whether or not you're going to start CJ Stroud week one is not really, if he is the best option, that's one of the questions. But I think the deeper question is, is CJ Stroud ready to meet and ready to handle the expectations that are going to be placed on him as number two overall pick who has earned the right to start week one? Because if you put him out there and he's not ready for that, you're, you got to be ready to pull him quick. And if you have to pull him, now the question is, is the coaching even knowledgeable of what they're doing? If they're putting a guy out there that they thought was ready and now he's not ready, so they're pulling him back, it it raises a lot of questions. So I think that if they truly think C.J. Stroud is ready for, ready for the expectations, he doesn't have to meet them. Peyton Manning threw a lot of picks. He also threw a lot of touchdowns, but he threw a lot of picks in his first season. He didn't have like a glamorous rookie season. If I'm looking back at quarterbacks that have succeeded in the NFL, it more or less can be traced back to whether or not they were ready for the expectation that was upon them. And, you know, it's easy to exceed it. If you're a guy like Tom Brady, the expectation's not really high. So you step above that expectation. You know, Tom Brady was, you know, from what I've gotten from interviews, was ready-made to be a starting quarterback in the NFL and just needed the opportunity. C.J. Stroud has higher expectations on himself. So the question is, is C.J. Stroud ready for those expectations? It's not a matter of if they're there. There are some fans maybe that, like, are are just, you know, Stroud can do no wrong, start him, he, he is perfect, he is the best option. I, I would count myself as a realist. I'll look at what Stroud does, and I will say what happened, and you can do with that what you will. And I'll clarify it when I'm saying what I'm projecting or what I think is going to happen. I'll, I'll make sure to use the right words, and if I don't call me on it, I'll, 
I'll accept that feedback. But to this point, I've been very clear that I am all but certain that CJ Stroud will earn QB1 and that he's the best option at quarterback. Those are things that I would say I'm projecting. The fact of the matter is, is that he is showing steps in the progression towards that role that lead me to believe that he is fulfilling what I have said, that I believe to be true. So to that point, yeah, I, I guess that kind of explains where I'm at, or maybe it doesn't, but you can let me know in the comments if that's the case. Let's talk about the Texans versus the Dolphins. So biggest takeaway for me of the whole game, I'll just lead off with it, is there was some defensive regression. Now, is it all entirely cut and dry? The defense sucks. Some people will tell you that. Um, I think the a bigger thing that we learned in this game is that depth is the issue on this roster. The Texans have some decent starters at any position and can probably field a respectable lineup. But as soon as they have to cycle a guy out or as soon as, you know, someone goes down injured, there's no one behind them to step up and be the guy. So with that in mind, the defense looked good as the starters. I'd say there was a couple of plays where, you know, Sheldon Rankins and Malik Collins are holding it down inside. So the running back bounces out, but those weren't like super long gains. I'd say they were upwards of 10 yards. But then when second team defense came in, you know, Savannah Ahmed, if I'm saying that right, the Dolphins running back, um, all of a sudden was inside, outside. Didn't matter where he hit, he was going for 10 yards at a minimum. And he was crushing, you know, they they ran for a lot of yards on us. I would say it's more of a depth issue, but it's certain that throughout the game, there was more defensive flaws than there usually is. Um, if you're a highlight guy, you probably watched Will Anderson power through the running back and, you know, sack fumble Skylar Thompson and you said yeah that was great and that was great there was a couple of plays like that but for the most part the defense did not look great um, I'll chalk it up to depth because it's a preseason game and we didn't see the starters too deep into the first half but um, it's something to keep in mind I think the defense got a little humbled um, swarm needs to regroup and figure out how to swarm properly I already spoke on it, but I'll say it again. CJ Stroud is progressing. He looks poised in the pocket. Five for six for 52 yards on a drive is pretty much as a drive what I wanted to see. He had a couple other drives. The opening drive of the game, not great. Everything else, he still looked poised. And, you know, he put a good display on the field relative to last week. It's progress. I'll take it. And speaking of CJ Stroud, one of the big reasons I think he was able to take that step forward was because the interior O-line stepped up. We've seen some highlights of juice pancaking a guy you call it holding call it what you will but uh, the interior o-line held up a lot better this week um and i think that overall having the first team line none of them were credited with giving up um i want to say it's considered a pressure per pff i'd have to look back at the stat but the pretty good performance from the starting o-line and that's what we're going to need because like i said earlier depth is the answer and uh right now there really is none i guess you know you could say fant playing well at right tackle in this preseason game counts towards something but overall offensive line depth is right there with the rest of the team so it's nice to see that the starters are good and i i hope and pray they stay healthy and back to cj a big thing that i observed is is getting the wide receivers involved if you look at that one drive of those five completions he hit four different wide receivers so he's he's getting people involved um, he, Dalton Schultz is one of the guys and on their first drive, Perryman intercepts it, puts them at the Dolphins six yard line. They didn't score, 
Um, and one of the passes was C.J. Stroud trying to find Dalton Schultz, and they miscommunicated on the route on fourth down. Um, and so that was something that stood out to me as a bad sign early on, but they got on the right page and had a couple of connections. That connection between C.J. Stroud and Dalton Schultz, as I mean, I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse at this point, but that connection will be vital to the Texans' offense this season if we want to see it do well. Um, yeah, the big reason why we signed Dalton Schultz, tight end, safety blanket for a rookie quarterback, having that experienced tight end who can make plays and help out CJ is is big for this offense. And the Texans are taking on the Saints now. I don't have a whole lot to say. Looking through the Saints, I don't even know who they're going to play this week. If, if you've heard, the unofficial depth chart is out. CJ's still QB1, and there's not really a whole lot of change. The Texans and the Saints agreed mutually to canceled joint practices for the week and it was later said in a press conference that D'Amico put it on injuries he wants to make sure the team moving forward is healthy and he thinks the best fit on that is to just practice that themselves and remove the joint practice element of it I think you know that to me makes sense um I won't question it I mean Tank Dell sitting out of a preseason game with tightness in warm-ups is enough for me to say yeah let's go ahead and take every precaution we can think of but looking at it, I mean, if I look at the Saints, I mean, Derek Carr, Michael Thomas, I don't even know if Mike Thomas is healthy. And Derek Carr, I don't know, third preseason game. You probably got other guys on that roster that you might want to get a better look at, but I, who knows? So going into the game against the Saints, I mean, I'm just looking at the Texans and and who they can play to kind of get a better feel for where they're at. Um, the positions... Obviously, there's a couple positions across the roster, especially some that we didn't think were going to be tough cuts. But linebacker, you know, getting your guys in there from the depth chart, a guy like Garrett Wallow needs to show that he deserves to be on the roster. Um, D-line, you know, Thomas Booker was picked out of Stanford just a year ago, and and we're talking about could he make the roster. Roy Lopez, fan favorite, maybe, you know, those are all guys that I don't know if they really need a lot of time, but like I, those are who I'm looking at and trying to see, okay, do they deserve that roster spot? Another one is, is in the running back room. They just signed Larry Roundtree from the Chargers, uh, picked him up on waivers, and I'm interested to see how he fits in a running back room that looks like Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary, and then Mike Boone, and maybe a fourth running back. So he's in competition for that last spot, I guess. Um, there, There's just... A few positions that I'd like to see the depth play out. Um, I mean, I'm I'm pretty set on wide receiver. I I think I know who's getting cut and who's not, but maybe they'll surprise me. But um, overall, like I said, in this matchup, not really looking too closely at the Saints. I'm more looking with especially with one cut day at who the Texans are are observing. Do they think that Roy Lopez is a lock for the roster? And if they do, are they playing more of Kurt Heinish or, you know, who who are they playing? Because that's probably who they want to get a last look at before they decide how to cut this roster down to 53. So that's really what I'm looking forward to in this matchup with the Saints. I said it last week. I've recently accepted a position with the PSF Sports app. It's pro sports fan. And um, I highly recommend you download the app. We'll be doing exclusive live stream content for the Texans through the app. Uh, it's a, a place where fans can watch sports with fans. Um, we'll have podcast-type uh, midweek shows on the app. There's a lot going on. It's tailored communities specifically for your team. 
There's communities for the league that you are into. In this case, there is an NFL chat room. And um, I mean, honestly, I'd like to see the Texans group on this app become the biggest team uh, community in the NFL and maybe even on the whole app. So you guys can help me with that. You can go download the app. I have it linked on my Twitter page. Um, it's in the link on this video, my link in bio. Uh, so go ahead and check it out and set up an account and join the Texans group chat today. Well, if you liked what you saw in this video, um, or if you like what you heard on the podcast, you can follow, subscribe, like, comment, anything that people do when they see or hear something that they like. Um, it would really help me out a lot if you would do that. So thank you. Until next time, thanks for listening and uh, H-Town forever.